The pirate ship Star of Naragi waits in ambush at the intersection of two space lanes. The ship's powerful space warping engines hold it precariously outside normal space, undetectable by normal sensors. As the ship's hull groans and flexes under the enormous strain, her captain, Ava Minerva, peers through a tiny singularity, waiting for her next victim. <sighs> Not a sign of an ice galley for days. I'm starting to think there are too many pirates these days. We're disrupting normal commerce. Captain Minerva is flanked by her second mate, Molly Durst, now filling in for old first mate, Guthrie. Ahead of her sits Cricket, the ship's robot helmsman. Bowman, the shipwright, keeps her updated on the ship's condition over the intercom. Space soon, says I. You hey, hey, put that down! Put that down! That's dangerous! You ain't supposed to touch that! Oh Christ. Just keep her steady, Mr. Bowman. Something will be along. Durst, how are those guns coming? The crews are banging out replacement parts as fast as they can smelt the relays. I think we'll be able to run up at least one C plus cannon on the port side once we get back to normal space. It'll take a few hours though. In truth, the menacing pirate ship is in rough shape. Only the starboard cannons are in good order. A close-range battle with the Templar war galley left big holes in her port side, and much of the Star of Naragi is open to the vacuum. While usually the ship carries around 50 lusty buccaneers for its raiding parties, the fight left fewer than two score. Well, yes, but that's all the more reason we need a big haul. All of these problems are better with money. We could put in at Tortuga tomorrow, but we'd never get back up off the docks. I don't like our chances in a fight, ma'am. We just need one big enough and fat enough. Captain, a vessel is emerging from hyperspace. At the robot's word, a ship materializes in front of the Star of Naragi, its Hyperiod engines red and shimmering with waste heat. The ponderous ship slowly turns, its maneuvering jets working to align the massive freighter with its next hyperspace lane. Ship's in normal space, Captain, and it's a whopper! That's a Templar ice galleon! Detect 50,000 space tons of ice. Crew complement, complement, complement. Roughly 15 life forms. That'll do. Durst, beat to general quarters and run up the big lasers. Cricket, you may outwarp when ready. Move us athwart their course and uh, keep them to our starboard side. Aye, aye. Captain Ava Minerva stretches her long legs and stands up from her captain's station. This is the part she loves. She thumbs the communicator and opens a channel to the opposing ship. Ice Galleon, we are the pirate ship star of Naragi. Perhaps you've heard of us. Heave to and prepare to relinquish your cargo. Pirate ship, this is Captain Sufjan Lowell of the Imperial Merchant Marine, in command of the ice galley Count de Mirabeau. I warn you that we are under the protection of both His Imperial Majesty and the Knights of the Temple. Yes, well, Good King Humphrey is, for all intents and purposes, dead. And the Knights of the Temple aren't here. Durst, can I have a low-yield blast along their command module? Not enough to melt the ice, but enough to give them something to think about. Star of Naragi... We protest this treatment, but we acknowledge force majeure. Come alongside and we'll facilitate the transfer of cargo. Well, that was easy. Yes. Take us in alongside, Mr. Cricket. Captain Lowell, we'll be wanting those holds open post-haste. Give us some time, Starved Naragi. We're a small crew and all of our hands were involved without warping the ship. Look sharp, Lowell. I am not a patient woman. Open your holds, and we'll bring on the booty with our grapplers. Starve Naragi out. That's a pretty good score, Captain. That'll wet our whistles for a while. Yes. Cricket, do you see any movement among the crew? Uncomprehend.
as you track life signs, do you see any of them moving toward the cargo bay to open the doors for us? Scans are inconclusive. What's that ship's weaponry? Two small cannons on the command module. Nothing that'd put a hole in us. One chaser to aft, it'll give us trouble, but not when we're in front of them. The rest is cargo containers. Count de Mirabeau, this is Star of Naragi. Time estimate, please. Star of Naragi, we're designed to be unloaded in space, Doc. We need a minute to open up in deep space. Get the lead out, old man. Come alongside our port container section. We'll start there. Acknowledge. Shall I move in closer? Hmm. Yes. Keep jet six and seven warm, if you could. Uncomprehend. Come alongside their port container section. Disregard my meat by pleasantries. Compliance. Captain Lowell, we are beginning our docking maneuver. Please yaw 30 degrees to starboard and rotate east, 15 degrees. We're a big ship, Captain. It's easier if you come to us. Oh, I see. You want us in the path of the wormhole if another ship comes through. Smart lad. I'd rather incoming ships hit your ice than our ass. We are entering course correction now. And get those doors open. Starve Naragi out. I am adjusting our vector to match the Count de Mirabeau. Good lad. Durst, are the lads ready with the winches? Aye, aye, Captain. They were looking to slit some throats, but they'll settle for just hauling in the booty. They may get a fight yet. Cricket, any movement among the crew life forms? Scans are inconclusive. Mr. Cricket, double time, full thrusters, Y-axis turn, yaw to 30 degrees. Durst, polarize the hole plating. Sir? Now, As Minerva Durst. barks orders, a hidden cannon pops out of the nearest cargo container. The star of Naragi's maneuvering thrusters strain to turn the ship's armored nose cone toward her not-so-defenseless prey. Durst barely gets the defense screens up in time. The cannon fire splashes harmlessly across the ship's bow. Return fire, Durst. Target the command module. Fire for effect. They're on our blind side. Rolling to starboard, ma'am, to bring our starboard guns to bear. What I'd give for one more C-plus cannon. Don't hit their engines, Durst. Don't vaporize my ice. Captain, their Hyperion engines are powering up. Heading inconclusive. And they're off. We can spread canvas, too. Bowman. I presume we are ready for Hyperiod Drive? Sure. Go ahead and blow up the ship, Captain. That's fine with me. Uh, what's our head? To fortune and glory. Cricket, analyze their course and pursue. Hyperiod engines engage. And the chase is on. As Bowman injects superfuel into the quantum crankcase, antimatter fills the vacuum tubes as the ship gathers her power. <laughs> The mighty engines grab hold of the very fabric of reality. The ship ascends into the dark netherverse of hyperspace. Relative speed, 15 kilobytes, and, and, and holding. There's not much on this heading, Captain. Except, aye, if they stay on this course, they'll end up in the Scathe system. Scathe is barely a refueling station, if I recall. Although stellar geography was never my strongest subject. There's nothing past Scathe but uncharted space in the Forbidden Quadrant. Says here that Scathe is a dying ginger star. It's got one habitable planet, two gas giants. The Knights of the Temple have a frontier fuel depot and a listening post. Nothing else in the databanks. How long to Scathe, Mr. Cricket? Approximately three, three minutes, Captain. Stay on this heading. Release us to normal space about three AUs farther in than you usually would. 
I recommend emerging from hyperspace a safe distance from the system. Our nanocomputer does not have real-time information on the movement of planets in this system. We could collide with a planet or gas giant. What's pirating without a little risk? Make it four AUs in. I, 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 Captain. Emerging from hyperspace in five, four, three, two... <laughs> Sir, gas giant! Cricket? Adjusting course. The star of Naragi emerges to normal space, dangerously close to a massive gas giant. The planet fills the main view screen with tearing winds, a silent hurricane threatening to tear the ship to pieces. The star of Naragi's real-time engines wail as the planet's gravity tries to claw them in. Captain, the ship don't lack this much gravity. Much more and the hole's gonna crack, it's gonna dump us right out into space! Where's my freighter? Behind us, sir. We came out one AU in front of them. They're pushing the safety envelope, too. But not as much as us. Cricket, when you're done wrestling with this planet, bring the ship about and make chase. Compliance. The star of Naragi makes a drunken turn and pursues the fleeing ice galleon, but the opposing captain has some tricks of his own. The Count de Mirabeau ducks around the planet, seeking to gain some distance from her pursuer. They're keeping the planet to their port side. With the starboard guns out, I don't have anything to hit them with. Our immediate concern is moons. How many moons has this planet got? Okay, 30 moons and at least 17 major asteroids. The NAV computer is working to plot all, all, all of their orbits. Working. The Count de Mirabeau suddenly jukes as a small moon heaves into view. At the controls, Cricket barely dodges the icy rock. Continue the chase, Mr. Cricket. The two ships jet around the gas giant, locked in their deadly race. The Mirabeau swerves and dodges, her knowledge of the system giving her a slight edge while the Naragi looms close on her keel. Captain Minerva notices the Mirabeau's evasive maneuvers taking them on a definite southerly course. Then she spies the opposing ship take a straight line due east. C-plus cannon crews to the ready. Prepare to fire on the upswell. Fire! The Count de Mirabeau swerves as a five-mile asteroid sweeps just past her beam. The gas giant captured the asteroid just 20 years ago, and it appears on none of Cricket's charts. But Minerva's instincts save the ship. The C-plus ball shatters the asteroid. Smaller rocks impact on the Naragi's nose cone, while large chunks fall outward to strike the Count de Mirabeau. The ice galleon yaws, fishtails, struggles to right herself, and then is catapulted out of orbit by the planet's gravity. There they go! Shot out of the orbit like a cannonball! They're making a run for it! They're out of control. The skate system is at the edge of explored space. There's no help for them out this way. Just wild frontier in the Forbidden Quadrant. She got a gravity assist from the planet, so she's got a head start. But we can spread more canvas. It's just a matter of time. At present speed, I calculate we will overhaul the Count de Mirabeau in 5 hours, 43 minutes. Acknowledged. Durst. Steady as she goes. I'm retiring to my quarters for a nap. Minerva's crew stares at her sullenly as she leaves the bridge. She climbs down the ladder to her cabin, a cramped box, but still the most private place on the ship. Picking up her space cutlass, she works through a few fencing drills to calm her nerves. Then, she walks to her private view screen and opens a channel to the Count de Mirabeau. Captain Lowell, this is Captain Minerva of the Star of Naragi. I think it's past time we talked. Captain Minerva, did you say? We'll make note of your name and I'll report to the Knights of the Temple. Oh, the Templars know all about me, but let's talk about you. We both know that no one wins a space battle. I'm sure we could leave a little of the booty for you if we could settle this peaceably. Well, that's tempting, Captain Minerva, but I can't deserve my post. My duty is to transport this ice to the thirsty citizens of the Empire. That's commendable of you. Is this your first command? 
You know, I just lost my first mate. I could use a man like you. And what happened to your last mate? Hanged on a gibbet? Drawn and quartered? Airlocked? Sunned? He was forcibly aged 30 years on a time platform, but he's fine. Oh, I'm sure. I'll take my chances with the Imperial Merchant Marine. Are we really going to take this to the Forbidden Quadrant? I wouldn't want to do anything forbidden. I'm just doing my duty, sir. Well, my bosun tells me we'll be seeing you in about five hours, old man. Please have my cargo ready by then. Minerva out. Minerva breaks the connection and stretches out on her bunk. She's never been good at waiting. Then she feels an odd sensation, like coming out of hyperspace backwards in slow motion. What? She hears an odd humming in the back of her skull, then the universe explodes in a kaleidoscope of colors. When Captain Minerva comes to, she is standing in a featureless black void, but she is not alone. She sees a man in the typical coveralls of the Imperial Merchant Marine. He is youthful, but he holds himself with a purpose that belies his years. She knows instantly who he is. Captain Lowell, I presume. You must be Captain Minerva. You're taller than I pictured. Where are we? Your guess is as good as mine. I imagine we're about to find out why this quadrant is forbidden. As Minerva speaks, a ball of glowing light appears. We are the guardians of integrity. We have observed your petty squabbles. And we are here to put an end to it. We are here to dispense cleanliness of justice. What kind of kangaroo court is this? Some kind of ancient superintelligence from a long dead race. I learned about them in the academy. <clears throat> guardians! My ship is on a peaceful trading mission under the jurisdiction of the lawful authorities of this galaxy. What authority do you claim? I have a commission from the Knights of the Temple, ruling as regents of Good King Humphrey. We are transporting water ice to Rokanon 7. My ship, too, carries a trading charter. It's, uh, back on the ship. Silence! Do you command a raiding ship of some kind? Your ship is heavenly armed and bears the scars of much conflict. We do legitimate trade with entities who may not be able to obtain the proper permits from the Knights of the Temple, often because they can't afford the permits or because they're out of favor with the court. Your weapons are still hot. They have been fired. With rage. Recently. They shot at us first. We have seen enough. We have made our decision. We will impound your raiding ship and your crew for not less than 157 of your human years. Now hold on, old man. I demand an appeal. There will be no appeal. Our creators made our judgment. Immaculate in order to settle the claims of their time. I didn't know I was going to court today. If I had, I would have taken the time to think something up. Our word is final. We award freedom to the lawfully commissioned vessel, the Count de Mirabeau. Lawfully commissioned. Well, in point of fact, there are several planets that don't recognize the lawful authority of good King Humphrey. Those planets believe that their people should choose their own lawful authorities. 
Our creators had such a system of governance. But if you take good King Humphrey as a legal authority, it's not clear that authority devolves automatically to the Knights of the Temple. They've kept him in a state of suspended animation for more than 200 years. Many people consider that the Temple Knights, in a sense, assassinated the king. Therefore, they have no right to rule as regents. We have no direct knowledge of... Metabolism state. ...of your good King Humphrey. Well now, in point of fact, if you accept good King Humphrey as an authority, but consider him to be assassinated, then you'd ask who his rightful heirs would be. Most of his immediate successors have been exiled or executed. But in point of fact, my family, the Minervas, were a junior branch of the royal family on Humphrey's mother's side. Now, my family's been suppressed, and I haven't spoken to any of them in years, but it's very possible that I, Ava Minerva, am the rightful legal owner of the cargo now held on board the Count de Mirabeau. You can't take her side. She's a pirate. Our perfect justice knew no exceptions. Even our creators bowed to our... Judicial hygiene. For eons, we have contemplated perfect justice. But in the fullness of eons, we grow weary with the endless... Petty squabbles. ...of mortal beings. Our judgments falter, and our vision... We will withdraw to the realms of the sublime to contemplate the dream of perfect justice. We will return you to your petty squabbles momentarily. Thanks, old man. My petty squabbles suit me fine. I know what they mean. I like when things are simple. That's why they're dead and we are not. No society can exist that can't deal with people like me. Did you mean what you said about your family? Sure. Say, my offer still stands. I could use a first mate. I, I can't. I mean, I have a duty to my crew and my mission. I admire that about you. I'll see you back in real space. As she speaks, Ava Minerva feels her reality slip. Ava Minerva awakens back in her bunk. Glancing at her chronometer, she sees that no time has passed. She dashes up the ladder to the bridge. How long was I out? Captain, you just left a few minutes ago. Never mind. Give me the status on the Mirabeau. They're about to make a run for it. A run for where? We're heading off the map here. Captain, the Captain Mirabeau is warming up her Hyperiod engine. Inform Mr. Bowman that we need our own Hyperiod engines. Prepare to pursue. <laughs> Captain Minerva, what's your play here? We can't track them through hyperspace. We might detect them dropping back into real space, or we might blow right past them. We might never find them. Do you want us to cut our losses and head home? I'm asking the question, yeah. Anyone who wants to can get off at the next port and sign up for a merchant ship like the Count de Mirabeau. They can make a decent living, maybe join the union, retire, raise some kids. Just be a sailor. But I'm a pirate, a gentleman of fortune. I answer to no one, and I take what I can, and I will pursue my treasure if it takes me to the Big Bang and... <laughs> Mr. Cricket, why are we back in real space? Oh. 
Ava Minerva stares out the viewport at the gaping maw of an enormous black hole. Cricket's positronic reflexes took the star of Naragi out of hyperspace mere picoseconds before it was irretrievably lost in the gravitational maelstrom. Mr. Cricket, I owe you an apology. Quick thinking and nice work. Acknowledged. Now, where's the Count de Mirabeau? There, sir. They're caught in the black hole. Clarification. The Count de Mirabeau is balanced on the edge of the black hole's event horizon. Skikikaning. Tidal forces are causing structural cracks in the ship's hull. By my calculations, its engine's thrust-to-mass ratio will not allow it to escape the black, black hole. Those poor devils. That's the mass of the engines. Could we pull the ice free with our grapplers? Captain, they're dying out there. Way too, Miss Durst. Cricket! Barking. At maximum thrust, pulling the ice free has a 45% chance of success. Count de Mirabeau, this is the Star of Naragi. May we be of assistance? We're stuck in the black hole, as you can well see. I guess you lose your prize. Not necessarily. I think we can pull the ice free with our grapplers. I propose you and your crew lash yourselves to the ice, and we will drop you at the nearest border station. And I suppose the ice is a precondition of the assistance. This maneuver is quite a risk for us, and there's no reason to send the ice down the black hole. Captain Minerva, I accept your terms. I'm directing my crew to starboard hatches three and five to open the cargo bay doors. You'll find them in vacuum suits and tethered as quick as they can get down there. Excellent. Captain Lowell, I'm sure your sense of honor requires that you be brought aboard in irons, but perhaps you'll share a sip of brandy with me this evening. I'm sorry, Captain. Someone needs to stay behind and tend the engines. I need to give my people maximum time to make good their escape. You're going down with the ship. I'd hope to meet you in person again. Duty calls. You know the old spacers believe you're reunited with all your old spacemates on the other side of the black hole. Well, you'll have to tell me about it when you get there. Durst, ready the grapplers. Aye, sir. The star of Naragi fires its grapplers to the doomed ship. Working with alacrity this time, the Count de Mirabeau's crew scrambles to open the bay doors and tether themselves to the ice. Last chance, Lowell. Honest men are scarcer than ice in this galaxy. It's a shame to lose one more. You've convinced me. Uh, our last member just disembarked. I'm heading to the star... Lowell? Captain Lowell? He's gone, Captain. The Count de Mirabeau is gone. Hours pass. The Star of Naragi raises to a safe distance to stow her prize. Some of the Count de Mirabeau's crew will sign on with the pirate ship, but most are secured sullenly in the ship's brig. True to her word, Minerva gives the order to drop them at the refueling station on Scaife. The Star of Naragi sails back slowly to give Bowman some time to nurse the reactor. Minerva relaxes in her cabin with the last of her brandy. All in all, it's been a good haul. There's a knock at the door. Captain Minerva? Sorry to disturb you, sir. What is it, Durst? Cricket has been looking at the sensor logs from when the Count de Mirabeau went down. He thinks it may not have gone in. Oh? Yeah, he backed it down to the Pico second level, and the ship just disappears. There's some ejecta from the black hole, but not as much as you'd think for a ship that size. Cricket thinks it's possible. Yes? He thinks that maybe one of their engines snapped off, and without that mass, the remaining engine maybe shot the ship out of the black hole at light speed plus. Ava Minerva contemplates this for a moment, her high forehead creased in thought. Then she shakes her head. She dismisses her second mate. Thank you, Durst. Good shooting today. 
Well, Lowell, maybe we will meet again on the other side of the black hole.